His name is Blake, he used to be a prude, then he became a slut, and now he's talking to you. It's Buttered Muffins. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Buttered Muffins with Blake, the podcast where I tell you all about my hookups. Um, so today's episode is not going to be about hookup, unfortunately. I know you were all waiting for it, um... But today is just going to be kind of an introduction to Blake as a person, Uh, just to kind of give you uh, some sort of context as to who I am and why I do the things that I do. (laughs) Um, So we're going to get right into it. So first things first, I wanted to talk about uh, why I wanted to do a podcast in the first place. Now, I've been listening to podcasts since I was about 16 years old. I used to listen to them on the way home from school when I would drive myself home from school. Um, I don't really remember how I, like, found out that podcasts were a thing or uh, what really the first one I listened to was. I think it was Shane Dawson's podcast, which no longer exists. Um... But yeah, I I listen to a lot of podcasts now still. I still listen to them to and from school uh, just to kind of help me clear my mind and keep me entertained on my drive to just to kind of make the drive go quicker, I guess. Um, but some of my favorites are, uh, well, I'm a big Drag Race fan, so uh, I listen to... Whimsically Volatile with Katya and Craig, and I listened to Race Chaser with Willem in Alaska. Um, I also listened to My Favorite Murder, which is a good one. Um, those might be all that I listen to right now, now that I think about it. Um, but those are good ones. I like those ones a lot. Um, So you guys should check them out if you like Drag Race or Murder. (laughs) Um, And since I listen to a lot of podcasts, I always thought the idea of doing one myself was very intriguing. Um, I mean, I um, am going to school. um, I'm in a program called E-Media. So we kind of learn about the different kinds of media. So I've gone through a couple audio production classes Um, So I kind of know the basics of what one would need to run a podcast or to at least get one recorded. Um, So I thought, well, that's easy enough to do. So we can, I could do one whenever I wanted, but then came the task of trying to figure out what to podcast about. Um, I didn't think anything that I was interested in, I would have opinions on that would be radically different or would contribute anything new to the conversation of any of those topics, be it drag race or movies or the film industry in general. Yeah, not, um, I didn't think those would be super interesting podcasts for me to have at least. I mean, I love listening to them, but for me to make one, I just don't think it would have been very engaging for my audience, which is probably mostly going to be just friends anyway. Um, so, uh, that's a little bit about my podcast background, I guess. Um, so, uh, now we'll go into me as a person, I guess. Um, so hi, I'm Blake. Um, I am 21 years old. Um, I am a film student. Uh, technically, I'm in the e-media program, but I'm really focusing on filmmaking. So I just say that I'm a film student. Um, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I am a homosexual, so... Uh, in case you couldn't tell, now you know. Um, I am a very introverted person, which is also kind of why um, a podcast appeals to me, because it's just me sitting by myself talking into a microphone. Um, and as the podcast goes, you'll learn that I am disturbingly comfortable with talking to myself, because I kind of do it a lot. 
it's really uh, frightening. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm real, real introverted. Um, which is why uh, some of the stories that you will hear on this podcast are shocking, uh, to say the least. Uh, going back to the podcast thing a little bit, um, and why I'm starting this now and what I'm going to be talking about, um, I, um, kind of was a late bloomer sexually, I guess you could say. Um, I didn't lose my virginity until I was almost 21, and that was something that I kind of struggled with, uh, the actual act of losing it, um, because I, uh, have wanted a boyfriend since I was 18 years old, um, and I haven't had one yet, still, so that's fun. Um, but because of that, um, since I haven't had a boyfriend yet, I thought, and since I'm getting up there in years, I'm 21 years old, guys, I'm getting old. I'm totally kidding. Um, but I mean, while I am still young, I thought before I do try and find like a boyfriend and settle down or anything, why not sow some wild oats? You know, I mean, you only live once. Why not have fun while you're young? Um, so, uh, about... Around the beginning of this year, uh, I decided uh, that it would be fun to go through a hoe phase, because why not? Um, I think it's it would be real fun. Um, so that's what I've been doing for the past mm, two months, we'll say. We'll be generous and say about two months. So... Uh, since I am kind of in the middle of a hoe phase, which is very fun, very fulfilling, I guess you could say a little, um, I have had my share of interesting and bizarre hookups. Um, and I don't know what sparked the idea within me, um, but I thought that it would be fun to make a podcast about those and tell stories of my hookups uh, and just air out my dirty laundry for everyone to hear. Because why not? I mean, I don't like to think a lot before making decisions, as you'll find out during the course of uh, the episodes that come out after this one. Um, so... And because of that trait of myself, uh, some of these, I think, could be very entertaining to you guys that are listening. So I, and again, I've always wanted to start a podcast, so I thought, why not now? <laughs> so that's kind of where this came from. So I've been spending the past couple of days, you know, prepping, uh, getting social medias ready, uh, getting a SoundCloud account specifically for this podcast and uh i have my friend working on some artwork for this right now um so hopefully we can uh get a full-fledged professional in air quotes because i'm literally sitting in my bedroom recording this right now uh and as a result of that you probably will hear sounds from my family just inevitably like you probably will at one point or another um but yeah, so that's why this podcast and why now, essentially. So let's uh, stay on this topic of podcasts still um, and um, just tell, give you a little synopsis, a little preview of what's to come, I guess. Uh, so obviously this is going to be recounting my hookups that I've had. I have about nine episodes worth of content line, lined up so far. So for the next nine weeks, you guys will have some fun stories to listen to on your drive to school or to work. Um, so each episode will be a different hookup that I've had. Um, 
some may be longer than others, uh, just because there may be a lot of context that I have to set up, or the actual hookup was a longer one, or there are just a lot of details, uh, I don't know, but the episode length may not be consistent from week to week, I'm not really sure, we're gonna figure it out as we go along, so bear with me with that. But as I said, we've got nine episodes uh, coming up, uh, maybe more if uh, I happen to score uh, <laughs> any more between now and the ninth episode. Um, but yeah, so you've got about nine weeks of content coming at you. So get excited for that. Um, a bonus, uh, not really a bonus, but just like... Uh, another added layer of excitement for each episode. I have journaled every experience of mine so far. Um, so they will be detailed and my feelings on them have been documented so that I can recount the fresh wounds to you uh, on this podcast. So hopefully you guys are excited for that as well. And um, this probably won't be about hookups all the time because, again, I'm not really sure how uh, long I'm going to let this hoe phase go on for or how often I will uh, get hookups. So we're going to see how that goes. But if there ever is a week where I am short on content, um, I'll probably talk about... Uh, some other topic related to uh, the gay experience or something to that effect, um, or about movies or stuff, or just what's going on in my life. I don't know. We'll see when we get there. I don't really, I can't see into the future. I'm not Raven Simone. So we'll, we'll just see how it goes uh, as we go forward. Um, but uh, that's kind of all the housekeeping I want to get out of the way, uh, and just introduction formalities, um, since it's the first episode. Um, but now I kind of want to get into the actual topic of this episode that I wanted to talk about, which is, uh, me, of course. Um, but not just, like, me to talk about me in a selfish, like, manner, just, uh, me as a person pre-losing my virginity, just what it was like for me growing up as a gay child, um, going through puberty, stuff like that, um, and then, you know, coming out and whatever. So we've got a super fun episode lined up for you. So without further ado, I mean, here we go, guys. Let's get into it. I would say that I've known I was gay pretty much as long as I can remember. I at least knew that I was not how I was not behaving the way that society expected me to behave. Um, I was a very feminine child. I was that child who, uh, played with Barbies. Uh, I probably, uh, always had a Barbie with me, uh, wherever I went, uh, up until age nine, ten, like, around there. Like, I, I really loved Barbies. I still have some. I started collecting, uh, like, a year or two ago, um, but I, ha I haven't, like, really kept up with it, but I do have quite a fair amount from a few years ago when I said I was going to start collecting. Um, and I did uh, make sure to get the very first Barbie and Ken that I owned, which were, they're called uh, Surf City Barbie and Ken. Um, there was, like, a whole Surf City line of dolls. They had, like, everyone. They had, like, Barbie, Ken, Skipper, Teresa, Midge, Christy, whatever Christy's boyfriend's name was. Um, those were the first Barbie and Kens that I had. They were just like, uh, like, uh, I think I probably got them at like Kroger or something, or my mom bought them for me at like Kroger or something. Uh, and they were just in bathing suits, but I loved them more than I could say. I was, I think I was about 
three or four when I got those. Um, and I loved them. I, we used to have a pool in the house that we grew up in, in the house that I lived in, uh, up until I was eight. We had a pool and I would always take them swimming in that pool. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was really into Barbies. I was so much so that my uncle on my mom's side, uh, called me Barbie boy, um, for a good chunk of my life. Uh, probably every time I would bring a Barbie over to their house, so that's fun. Um, uh, I also always played dress-up. We have video of me, and I mean, I just, I have memories myself, of me running around in this, it was like my mom's floral, it was like red, mainly, but it was like a floral pattern, like, like a nighty, like a short nighty, and it was like a circle skirt, kind of, so it would like flare out when I twirled around. Like I was that child, like that gay kid, um, spinning around in our living room in my mom's uh nightgown. Uh so that was fun. Uh another stereotype, I uh also liked the color pink. Uh, up until I was about 12 years old, pink was my favorite color. Um, and I mean, of course, I still do appreciate the color pink. It's a very gorgeous color. Um, but, uh, pink is no longer my favorite, favorite color. Uh, that is now green. Another stereotypical, uh, gay thing. I always, always wanted to be the girl character. Like, if... Uh, me and other kids, whether it be at school, like preschool or like with my cousins or something, I would always want to be the girl character, whether that be, God, I don't even know what we would watch when we were kids. Um, I don't know. Just like, you know, when you play, if like if you play a TV show or something, I would, I would want to be the girl character. And then of course, uh, with video games, when I finally, uh, discovered those around the age of seven, uh, I was a Nintendo girl, uh, so I was always, mostly always Princess Peach, uh, if not Princess Daisy, of course. Uh, but yeah, Peach is my main girl. Um, still to this day, I still will always be Princess Peach. I will not play as anyone else, uh, because I'm a loyal hoe. Um... But, and then with Sonic, uh, I always was Amy. I was really, honestly, your stereotypical gay child. Like, I, I can't, like, express that enough. Like, I was gay. I guess, uh, romantically, you would say, even though, like, I don't really think of it as that. Um, I found both boys and girls attractive, uh, before puberty, uh, hit. I, yeah, I mean, I found both boys and girls attractive. Girls, of course, I, like, focused on more because that was what I was supposed to, like, that was what society was telling me I was supposed to find attractive. But I remember also thinking boys were attractive, but I, it was, like, a weird feeling, like, I... Not that it was, like, wrong or that I thought it was wrong, but it was just a different feeling, which I guess makes sense. So even though I did find uh, boys and girls attractive, that being, like, that stereotypical gay being effeminate nature that I had as a child um, kind of uh, sealed my fate and had it had my path carved out for me. Like, I was I was going to be gay no matter what. So that was... Great. Uh, so uh, when I did start to go through puberty, I think I started to go through puberty around uh, 13, which I think is normal. Like, that's kind of the average age, I would think. Um, that's when my focus definitely shifted mainly to boys. Um, I can remember, like, almost constantly having daydreams about all the boys that were in my class. Um, so yeah, I feel like that would probably be 
a universal thing for any other gay child uh, in middle school. Um, but yeah, that was definitely something that I experienced. Um, um, 13 was also the age that I discovered porn for the first time. Um, and I, it was kind of accidental that I stumbled upon it. Um, I mean, I wasn't actively looking for it. I was just, like, kind of in a mood at that time, like, that specific day, I guess, uh, that, of course, then I couldn't really explain, but now I was just horny. I would do, I, like, did these random searches, uh, for stuff um, I can't, I don't remember, like, the, what the exact verbiage would have been, but obviously it was, like, probably two guys having sex or something, which is very much, uh, me in a nutshell. Like, I know what I want, and I, uh, won't stop until I get it, kind of. Um, <laughs> uh, that also comes from being a spoiled brat as a child, um, and always getting my way, uh, yeah, I don't really do well when I don't get what I want, which, uh, you probably will find out during this podcast at some point. I will probably recount a story about that at some point. Um, but yeah, uh, finding the gay porn, uh, at 13 kind of sealed my fate, uh, sealed the being gay thing, because, um, I was watching it, and I was enjoying it. So that's awesome. Um, so that's kind of when I like knew. That's when I would say that I definitely was like, okay, I like this. So I guess that means I like boys. And of course, when you're like 13, you don't really know anything really. Uh, <laughs> you just, it's just a lot of feelings and hormones because you're going through puberty and your body's changing or whatever. Um, but yeah, I definitely would not have been able to put words to what I was feeling. But now, looking back as an adult, I definitely know that, like, like that's when I would have realized that I was gay, if I would have, like, put two and two together. When I was 13, I didn't have my own computer, so I was looking this stuff up on my mother's laptop. And one day, I must have been real careless, and I probably just left it up. And we had gone out to dinner this night. I remember this night uh, very vividly. Uh, we must have gone out to dinner or something. And we came back and I was in my room just like chilling by myself. Uh, I was on my iPad, first gen iPad that I had gotten for Christmas. And my dad came upstairs and he sat on the bed. And that is always a bad sign. That's that's when you always know that a talk is coming and a very uncomfortable one at that. So he sat on the edge of my bed and he was like, uh, we found some inappropriate searches on the computer. Do you know where those came from? And I was like, well, in my head, I was like, well, like you're caught girl. Like there's no use in lying. Just be honest. And hopefully it'll, blow over as soon as possible. So I was like, uh, yeah, that was me. And then we went on to have this very long talk about if I was actually gay or not. Uh, and of course, at that age, I wasn't sure yet. I didn't really know. I wasn't even really sure what gay was. Um, but I remember my dad asked, I remember the specific question my dad asked me, like, do I feel romantic towards boys and I was like no because in my head I like the image was two guys like at a candlelit dinner having like on a date and in my mind I was like that's silly that like doesn't seem right so I was like no I don't really think that's what I want or that like I feel that way um but it was also just because I was like 13 and I wasn't I, like, didn't have romantic feelings really yet. So, um, that was a great talk to have, um, 
But that's kind of when the seed was planted with my parents that I was gay. Um, and then I, my mom came up too and basically like reiterated what my dad said. And um, they, they both said they would love me no matter what. They said that one of my uncles had gay friends. And I was like, good for him, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was when... Uh, that was when I started, like, going through the experience of being a person coming to terms with their being gay. And when I say coming to terms, I don't mean, like, I was having this big internal struggle of, uh, oh my god, this is not right, this is not what, uh, like, God or Jesus wants. I, I mean, I was raised Catholic, but I never... I wasn't a super religious person ever, um, so I never was like, oh my god, I'm gonna go to hell, this is bad. But also, I think when I was 13, I don't even think I knew that that was considered, like, a sin and that people thought I should burn in hell for that. Um, so that was good, I think, so that I wasn't scared to, like, figure myself out and, like, just come to terms with it in my own personal way. So yeah, then I, it just kind of was almost all I thought about solely because there were a lot of daydreams and I started having like my first wet dreams and they were always about guys. Um, I, again, this is like when I was not paying attention to girls at all. Um, so yeah, that was me in middle school. Uh, then I went to high school and I had to go to an all boys Jesuit high school because that's where my dad went to high school. And my dad wanted me to go to high school there because he, he went there and he really loved that school and he thought it was a great school. Like the academics were wonderful and they would prepare me for college very well, which in hindsight he was right about. But when I was 14 getting ready to go into high school, I did not want to go because all of my friends were girls. Another stereotype of the effeminate gay child. Um, all my friends were girls. All my best, best friends were girls. And I didn't know how I was going to cope with uh, being thrust into a world of all boys. Because I hadn't really put much effort into understanding straight boys or dealing with them. I mean, I was nice to everyone in uh, grade school. Everyone was friendly with me, girls and boys included, straight boys, whatever. They were always nice to me. I was always nice to them. It was cool. I was never, like, bullied or anything, which, like, I'm just eternally grateful for. Like, I'm, I love my grade school class. They were all really great people, which is amazing. So, I don't know. I mean, if anyone from grade school is listening, uh, thanks for not being dicks. But anyway, the going to high school thing. So I was terrified going into this because, one, a lot of people had the advantage of going into high school with uh, some, of, at least some of their friends. But I was transferring with none of my friends. I was going to have to start completely over from scratch. And that terrified me especially because I'm such an introverted person and making friends for me is l probably one of the hardest things you could ask me to do. I am, I don't, uh, I just don't make friends very easily. It's just not something I've ever been very skilled at. I find people that I like really, really mesh with and it's usually like just by chance and I find them and I stick with them and I just have really, really deep connections with them, and that's just, um, that's a very select few people around me that I like to keep around me that I am really good friends with, um, but anyone other than that is literally basically an acquaintance, um, and probably would not amount to anything more, um, but anyway, okay, going to, so that's a reason that I was really, really scared to go to an all-boys school, um, but also being a young gay boy, going to an all boys school was also like going to heaven. Um, yeah, I mean, there were boys everywhere. 
and a lot of them played sports, and a lot of them were really cute, and a lot of them were really great daydream fuel. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, of course, nothing ever came from it. It was just, like, cool to see cute boys every day, all day. Um, but I mean, I never really, uh, interacted with them, uh, in any capacity. You know, other than, like, working on stuff for class, I guess. Like, I still have a couple of their numbers on my phone just from, like, having to work on group projects or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, like, what going to high school was like for me. Um, I did find a lot of my best friends in high school, and, I mean, obviously we still talk today, and they, um... They were the ones that got a lot of the brunt of me, like, just lamenting about wanting someone to love me. Um, and I would like to thank them for not just straight up smacking me in the face, uh, for talking about that all the time. Especially, uh, senior year. Um, so thanks guys for being great. Um... But now we are going to move into me uh, kind of blossoming into an out gay young adult person. Um, <clears throat> so I remember uh, when I was a junior, it was the beginning of my junior year, I really uh, formally admitted to myself, like I actually wrote it down uh, in a journal entry, I said, um, I am gay. I mean, that I just wrote that, and I was like, ooh, hard-hitting stuff for a journal entry. I was, I'm, I've always been very snarky and sarcastic, um, and you'll probably also get to know that about me as we go through this, uh, podcast. You probably already do know it about me from just listening to this episode. Um, but anyway, uh, so, I was almost constantly thinking of when would be the right time to formally come out to my family. Um, and that consumed a lot of my thoughts uh, from junior year up until senior year when I actually did came out, did come out. Um, but I also started kind of trying to drop hints a little bit. <clears throat> so... Um, uh, towards the beginning of my senior year, I, uh, discovered the television reality program RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, which is literally still my favorite television show. Uh, I watch it live. Well, I try to watch it live, it depends. Uh, but I, when I can, I watch it live every week when it's on, and, um, I just get, I get really into it. I always have gotten really into it ever since, uh, uh, when I watched season eight live on TV, that was the first season that I watched as it was airing. Uh, but anyway, I started watching that and I, um, I guess th that was trying, that was kind of trying to drop a hint. That was a little hint to mom and dad, um, that I might be gay. Um, I don't think they really picked up on it. Uh, they never really uh, tried to start a conversation about it with me, uh, so that was cool. Um, but then, also around this time, I discovered someone on YouTube that all of my friends know very well, and his name was Pano, and Pano was a YouTuber. I mean, he still is. It's it's not like he's dead or anything. Um, but he uh, was a YouTuber, and he talked a lot about being gay. And that kind of, right around that time, it was just like, being gay was almost all I could think about. And coming out to my parents was almost all I could think about. And I just wanted to finally come out so I could finally be open and be me completely without having to feel like I was hiding or anything. So I found this uh, YouTuber and I thought he was really cute 
and I started making these videos like fan videos and I like was pretending to be like this crazy stalkerish person uh just uh talking about him and saying how awesome I thought he was and telling him that if he ever wanted to marry me or anything that that offer is definitely on the table and just crazy stuff like that crazy weird stuff that an 18 year old would do I don't know do normal 18 year olds do that let me know uh, but he was almost all I could talk about to my friends. He was all I really thought about. Um, I used to tweet him every morning, uh, good morning, and tweet him good night every night, I think. I was literally on crack when I was 18. I don't know what was wrong with me, but it, I mean, that was a lot of what my thoughts were. So I made, I think, four videos about Pano, and he did end up seeing them, and he responded to them, and he said they were flattering and whatever, and after that I kind of forgot about him. Like, that was, like, I, that, like, satisfied me, and I was like, okay, I have closure on this, let's not focus on it anymore, because... Uh, I guess I wanted to be normal for a second. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, it just so happened that um, I put all those videos on YouTube, obviously, for literally the entire world to see. And uh, it just so happened that my sisters found those videos. I mean, of course, because um, I was in the same house as them filming them. So they knew that there were videos happening. And then all they had to do was search my name on YouTube and then they could find them. Um, and they ended up showing them to my parents. And it was a lot of really embarrassing stuff that I was saying, like... Um, that I was literally in love with him and wanted him to marry me and whatever. Um, so, um, that kind of, that plus my parents had found a text that I had sent to my friend. Our, we're all on one Apple ID, um, so a lot of our, whenever one of us gets a new phone or we get a new device or something, our phone numbers all kind of like mesh together and sometimes we'll get each other's text messages by accident. Um, and my parents just so happened to find a text I had sent to my friend who was a girl. Uh, we did theater together. Um, she's actually the friend who's doing the artwork for this podcast. Hey Molly, how you doing? Um, so um, I had sent a text to her and my parents, anytime I got a new friend that was a girl, they were like, oh, so are you guys dating? Are you going to start dating her? And I'd be like, uh, no, we're just friends. Obviously, like, wanting to say, um, no, I like dick. <laughs> um, but obviously I, I didn't say that because um, I'm a, a sane person. Uh, so long story short, God, sorry, I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> They found a text that I had sent to my friend saying uh, something along the lines of, oh my god, my parents uh, said we should date again or something. God, it's so funny that they don't even like know that I'm gay or whatever, or don't suspect or anything. And they had seen that text, and that, coupled with the Pano videos, uh, they were like, um, well... I guess we can't really ignore this anymore. And I had slept over my friend's house that night, my friend Molly's house. And I had gotten a text that morning when I was about to leave saying that, uh, from my mom, uh, that said, uh, uh, when you come home, uh, we need to talk. And that terrified me. Because, I mean, my parents don't, give us talks very often. So when you get a text like that saying that we need to have a talk, um, it's very terrifying. You start going through your mind any possible thing that you could have done wrong that this talk could be about. I literally, like, I, I had done nothing that I could think of, but I was still terrified about what this talk was going to be about. So I get home and I go back into my parents' room and they were like, 
is there anything that you wanted to tell us? Or they were like, do you know what this is about? And I was like, no, not really. And then they were like, is there anything that you want to tell us? And I guess that they might have said something else that like made it obvious what they were talking about. But I just saw it as the perfect opportunity. I was like, "Uh, yeah, guys, uh, I'm gay. And I think that was really the first time I had said it out loud at all. Um, The only other time was when the only other time that I had like admitted it to myself in something other than my mind was when I wrote it in that diary entry. But um, yeah, we just sat and we had a talk for a little bit. And I'm sure I have, I'm almost positive I have a diary entry about that somewhere. Um, But yeah, we just talked and they said that they accept me and whatever. And they talked about the Pana videos and I was like, that is such old news. Like you guys are very behind. Um, That's over. That's done. That's canceled. Um, but yeah, but it was nice to finally like get it off my chest and get it out in the open that I was gay and that I didn't have to hide it anymore really. And that I could be myself wholly, which was awesome. And that was in November of my senior year. Um, and that it was just a really huge weight off my shoulders, uh, being a gay person, I'm sure, other gay people can definitely relate uh, that when you come out, it is just a ridiculous weight off your shoulders and that it really does make you feel a lot freer to be yourself and just uh, live your life, as Rihanna said. So that was in November. Uh, so I, I had turned 18 in October and that was November. So then in the springtime, I decided to download the popular dating apps, um, Tinder and Grindr, um, uh, and that was in the springtime, which I think I said. Of course, now that I was out, I was like, well, now I can start dating and not have to, like, hide it or anything, or, like, sneak around or whatever. So, that was awesome. And, um, I, I, I kind of really wish I could see what, like, my first uh, Tinder bio looked like, and also, also definitely my first Grinder bio. That's, that's all, that's definitely really something I would want to see. Um, but yeah, I just started uh, seeing who was out there, and kind of really trying to find a man for myself. And that was always, uh, ever since then, that's always been something that I've been like kept in the back of my mind, kept like trying for, um, but without any success really. Um, I never even until, uh, last September, I had never even met anyone off of a dating app. So that was kind of awesome. Uh, but not really, of course. Uh, but yeah, around then when I downloaded those apps, that was when I was really starting to have the strong desires of finally having my first relationship and finally losing my virginity. Um, and those were things that I just really wanted to happen. And when they weren't happening and when I realized that they just weren't, something that was happening or was probably going to happen for some time, it really frustrated me. And I started becoming like the hopeless romantic type and very lovesick and just, I don't know, just very crackheadish and very not, just not someone that I was very proud to be looking back on it. I, like, looking back on it, it, it just wasn't a cute look. I d- I'm glad that I've kind of grown out of it and just grown up and realized that if I want stuff to happen, I'm just, I, I, got, I gotta go out and get it and, uh, you know, just, like, really make it happen for myself. Uh, 
I can't, like, I wasn't just going to be able to sit idly by and just swipe on Tinder and ha- just match with my true love. It just wasn't going to happen. Another component uh, to the not finding uh, anything uh, within those first few months of looking, um, I was not a sexual creature by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I... I was very prudish. I was very, very, like, a 1950s teenage girl. Like, I was a good girl. I was not going to, like, sleep around. I was not going to do anything unless it was with a serious boyfriend or something. Um, I'm... I was a very, very idealistic person. I always said that I was never going to, I was not going to lose my virginity until I was like, it was with a boyfriend or something, um, which spoiler alert didn't happen. Still haven't had a boyfriend ever, but, uh, we still try. We still keep our options open. We still look, um, but it's definitely not something that, uh, consumes my thoughts or frustrates me anymore. I just, it's also just not something that I'm really actively looking for right now anyway a relationship uh since i'm in my hoe phase and i'm sowing my wild oats um but in addition to being you know just like a very prudish uptight uh sexually conservative person uh i mean like on grinder i was that person that i didn't like getting dick pics i was like I was trying to use Grindr as a dating app when it's really just a hookup app. Um, so, like, I didn't like getting dick pics back then. I thought they were so gross. Um, I would block people if they sent me any. Um, yes, I was that person. Uh, definitely not that person anymore. I definitely grew up a little bit. Um <laughs> Uh, I would never, my profile picture on Grindr right now is a shirtless picture of myself. It's me in, like, these tiny little bathing suit shorts, um, uh, with my shirt off. And, uh, like, literally even a month, no, literally, like, right now it's March. Literally just back in January, I probably would not have even thought of that. Like, that was, that was just ludicrous to me. I would have never, never. But... I saw what was I saw what was gonna get me results and I I was prepared to do that now as a 21 year old. Uh, I thought, um, you know, if this is what it takes to get me what I want, then that's what I'm gonna do. Again, going back to that, I want what I want and I want it when I want it. Um, so I thought, hey, if this is what's gonna get me uh, some hookups, then by all means, let's stand in front of this mirror and take a shirtless picture in a bathing suit. Um, but back when I was 18, I don't think you could have paid me to, honestly. Um, I hated, I still kind of do, I still don't really like being naked, like, even just by myself. Um, but back then, even the thought of being with, like, a boyfriend and having to get naked in front of him for the first time was, like, mortifying to me. I don't know. I really don't know why. I was, like, I was that much of a prude. Like, that, in that theme song, girl, I'm not kidding. I was a prude in every sense of the word. I also, this is something that has changed, thank God, um, but I never used to think I was really conventionally attractive. I mean, I have been very thin all my life, uh, usually underweight, actually. I'm pretty sure I actually technically still am underweight. Um, but I've, I was always skinny. I have red hair and freckles. Um, I mean, my face isn't the most conventionally attractive, uh, or I didn't think so at the time anyway. Um, and I mean, yeah, I just didn't think I was the most attractive and I thought that was the reason why I wasn't getting anything. Uh, not because I was literally 
turning any opportunity uh, at sex away. Um, But I mean, it was a different time. I was a different, I was honestly a different person, kind of. My, like, my mindset at that time was to find a husband. Like, I wanted someone who was boyfriend slash, like, husband material, and I wanted them now. Yeah, since then, thank God, um, I, I don't know what it is, maybe, I'm, since college has started, uh, for some reason, I feel like I've gotten a little bit more attractive, like, my face kind of filled out a little bit more, uh, so I think I look a little bit better, I don't know, uh, not to, like, toot my own horn, but, like, I feel like it's important to think that you yourself are attractive and that, like, practicing self-love is honestly one of the most important things you can do. And having confidence as well, which is also something that I'm blessed with. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how I have it. But for some reason, I'm just really confident and I just do what I like and I'm unapologetic about it. I mean, I've kind of been that way all my life, even back to like the Barbies. I would take Barbies out in public with me and just not give two fucks what anyone else thought. And that that's how I've lived my life ever since. But yeah, that's probably kind of what sparked this um, hoe phase, I guess, just that I wasn't getting the results that I wanted, and I'm kind of in a place now where I feel like I'm mature enough to start uh, exploring my options sexually and, like, gaining some experience um, just so that I can have the experience and have the stories to tell to you guys or to whoever, um, and so I can make memories for myself, I don't know, and just have fun while I'm young. I mean, that's kind of really the whole point of a hoe phase, I think, kind of, just to have fun while you're young, or not even necessarily while you're young, you can have a hoe phase whenever you want, uh, but... For me, it's doing it now while I'm young, while I can, uh, before I really, like, settle down and do focus on, like, the actual life that I want to have with a person that I do love. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, uh, me from the end of high school until now, um, And then as a teaser for next week, uh, right now I'm going to leave you with the story of my first date. So we won't give you a hookup today, but we'll at least give you the story of my first date, which coincidentally uh, does involve the guy that I lost my virginity to. This date was with him. So that's super fun. So let's get into that story right now. So I... I've had Tinder and Grindr since I was 18, so, and I've deleted them on and off, uh, when I've been, like, actively looking for someone, and this was still kind of when I was prudish, like, again, I have not, like, been a hoe until 2019, so anything pre-then, consider me Sister Mary Blake, um, so, on Grinder, I was still kind of using it as uh, an outlet to find a boyfriend and not just people to hook up with. So I got a message from this guy, and he sent three pictures of himself. Uh, they were all like mirror pics. And one of them was a picture of him in his underwear. And that was the picture that I responded to most, obviously. Um he was very muscular, which is, um, a plus for me. It's something that I do enjoy on a man. Um, his face was not the cutest, but the body was right, so I can forgive it. Um, and he said, what's up? And we, of course, had that typical, like, first couple messages grinder conversation that, like, everyone has. Um, 
that's another thing we'll get into on this podcast at some point. Just like the whole the politics of Grinder, I guess, or whatever. I don't know, or the just the just the general workings of Grinder, because I'm sure a lot of young gays could use some help navigating that, because Lord knows I sure could have used it back then. But anyway, uh so at some point during the conversation, he asks if I want to go on a coffee date. And that was another area where he really stood out to me because no one on Grinder, I think, had asked me to go on a date. And that's what I was, like, really looking for. Like, I wanted someone to take me out on a date first. Like, even if we were going to end up hooking up, like, at least, like, take me on a date first and, like, get to know me or whatever. So... I, again, responded, like, really well to that. And I was like, uh, yeah, totally. I'd love to. Um, so, uh, we ended up going to a coffee shop right by my college. Um, and it was one that I had gone to before to meet up with a band that I had done a music video for. Uh, that's where we had first met to, like, discuss ideas for the music video. So I knew where it was, so everything was just kind of, like, really perfect. Um, so I went to... I, w- I made it there first. And I went and I got us a table kind of away from everyone because I just wanted it to be the two of us alone to have a quiet conversation at night in a coffee shop uh, because I again, was super, super idealistic. Um, uh, I guess I still am a little idealistic, but it's definitely, like, I've definitely chucked a lot of the idealism out of the window. Um, at least for now, until I do find someone, uh, worthwhile. Um, but anyway, so I got there first, and I got the table, and I also got myself a coffee, Um, and I was just waiting for him. I forget what his excuse was. Oh, he had to find parking. He couldn't find a place to park. Um, so I'm sitting there waiting for him and my friend FaceTimes me, my friend Zach. Hello, Zach. Um, he FaceTimed me just because he said he wanted to for some reason. Because he knew, he also knew it was my first date. Like, everyone knew it was my first date. It was a very big deal in my friend group. Um. So he FaceTimed me and I was like, okay, I'll FaceTime you until he gets here. And then I wasn't really paying attention and I hear, hey, how are you? And I, I've never shut off a phone so quickly. I've like my head whipped up and I like smiled and I was like, hi, how are you? Um, but yeah, he was wearing like a, I guess I could, t- I could give this guy a fake name. We'll call him Jacob. We'll call him Jacob. So Jacob gets there and he's wearing like a red flannel and he's very masked, which I responded very well to because since I am a femme queen, um, (laughs) I, I, I mean, I, I like a masculine man. What can I say? I'm a very traditional lady. Um, so, um, we sat and we talked, um, about a lot of stuff. He did not get himself a coffee, so I felt weird for having a coffee. Um, and I actually don't think I finished the coffee. I think I only had, like, half of it. Um, but anyway, he was a real quiet guy. He, like me, was, seemed very shy, didn't have a lot to say. There were a lot of long pauses during this, so it was a really like, awkward date, but what I did learn from him is that, uh, we kind of connected on liking the 80s and, like, 80s music, um, we also connected on, uh, liking movies and stuff like that. He had told me that he was very athletic, uh, in high school. He said that he had played football, and that's where he, like, started really getting bigger, because he said he used to be real, like, scrawny and little, um, and then he got, he, like, bulked up to play football, and then he said that he, uh, became a, I guess, professional, or competitive, competitive, uh, weightlifter, 
uh, which just sold me. Like, he got me lock, stock, and barrel just like that when he said that. Like, (laughs) I remember telling my friend uh, that he probably, like, could pick me up like I was nothing, which I still probably hold true. Like, I would still, I would stand by that statement. Um, so he, I mean, we talked, I forget how long we ended up staying there, but towards the end, I remember he said, do you want to get out of here? Or he, he did say, he said I was cute a lot during the date, which, um, was crazy to me because no, no boy had ever said that to me before. No boy had ever said that I was really cute, like to my face. And I was like, okay, awesome work. Um, and then, uh, towards the end, he asked if I wanted to get out of here, which is literally like a line from a movie. I don't know why he like thought that was appropriate to say. I also don't, I don't think he knew at this point that this was like my first date ever. Um, so that was fair. It was also a date from Grinder, So I like, I was just silly. Like, I really was just like, oh, I'm finding my husband. Like, I was clueless. I was literally Cher Horowitz. Um, But anyway, he asked me if I wanted to get out of here, and I was like, um, I've got to get up early for work in the morning, which was true. I did. I had to be to work, I had to be to work at, uh, well, I had to be to work at nine, but I had to get up at eight, uh, which was gross. Uh, I do not work the morning shift at my job anymore, which is lovely. But yes, uh, so I said no, obviously, because I was a good girl and I I didn't do those things. I didn't go out or I didn't get out of here with someone. Um, But I said, maybe we can like have another date or something some other time. He was like, okay, cool. We'll do like next Sunday or something. I was, or I said that because uh, that was the next best time for me, I think. And he was like, okay, cool. That's fine. Um, and then we walked, uh, back towards our cars and then we like split up when our car, like our directions to our cars split up. Um, and I mean, or we probably texted, um, after that. And then a couple days later, he asked if I was doing anything the on that Thursday, it was literally like, we went on the date on a Saturday, and then he was asking what I was doing that following Thursday, and I didn't have class on Friday, this was just last semester for me, so I didn't have class on Friday, so I was like, uh, uh, Thursday night would actually be great to do something, um, so he was like, okay, do you want to go out, or do you want to, like, stay in and watch a movie or something, and I was like, uh, a movie night would be great, because I was, like, fully thinking, I was like, oh, we're gonna cuddle, and we're gonna watch a movie, and it'll be so cute, um, so I said, yeah, I would, I would love to, like, do a movie night or something, and he was like, great, so we'd set it up for Thursday, and, I mean, I kind of knew what I was doing, I would say I, like, 50% knew what I was doing, um, and then when I told my friends what I was going to do, they were like, you do know this is a hookup, right? Like, you're, he's going to hook up with you. And I was like, well, if he does, he does. That's fine. That's cool. And that was, that's kind of the beginning of when I decided that I could be more sexually liberated and, like, do these things whenever I wanted. Um... And also when I decided that I didn't have to wait for a relationship to lose my virginity. Like, my virginity was mine, and I could lose it when I wanted. It could be special circumstances. It could not be special circumstances. It could be whatever circumstances I wanted. So I thought, I trust this guy enough. I like him. He's cute enough. He can have it. It's fine. So... Uh, we made plans to meet up on Thursday, and in the next episode, I will let you guys know what happened on that fateful Thursday. Uh, if you couldn't tell, uh, spoiler alert, we hooked up. Like, my virginity is gonna be lost. Uh, but we'll get into the nitty-gritty details about it 
next week because there are some details that are both nitty and gritty. Um, uh, but uh, in the meantime, uh, make sure you check out uh, the social medias for this podcast. Uh, we've got a Twitter account where you can uh, stay up to date on all the latest news for this podcast. Uh, I'll let you know, I don't know, maybe topics that I'm going to talk about, maybe take polls, uh, ask you guys questions, what you guys want to hear, stuff like that. Um, that is, uh, the username is just buttered muffins, uh, just spelled normal buttered muffins, all one word, obviously, cause it's a Twitter handle. Um, and then you guys can check out the Instagram, which is buttered muffins pod P O D on the end of the buttered muffins. Um, and that is where I will post, uh, behind the scenes, pictures of me recording this podcast or something, I guess, or, um, give you some visual aids maybe of the stuff that I'm talking about during these episodes. Um, but yeah, I think that is it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening and, um, how about, how about this? How about on Twitter and Instagram, on the socials, uh, let me know what I should call you guys. What should the fan base for this be? Should it just be muffins or should it be something more fun or clever, something more clever than I can come up with? Uh, uh, let me know. Go ahead and sound off on the social medias. Um, but until next time, I'm Blake and you've been listening to Buttered Muffins with Blake. See you next time.